Hello people, so this is going to be really rough and I'm doing it all on the phone so it's going to be all in one so there's going to be no anything. I'm so sorry it took so long to get out. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> lol, anyway, uh, yeah, enjoy this mess. <laughs> um, yeah. Mr. Darwin leads a well-dressed woman to the sitting room where everyone was now gathered. She scans the room for half a second before her eyes land on Virgil. Hello, Virgil. I'm Mrs. Waters. I'm going to be the one who will make sure your father is put away for as long as we can. You have, you have been told you're going to testify against your father, but I need to make sure you understand what that means and what will happen. Virgil nods, and Mrs. Waters sits down. I believe it may be best to have this conversation in private. It can bring up things that don't always want to be said, she says, mainly looking at Patton. Not long after they had left Virgil in the room by himself with Mrs. Waters, Patton began to pace. He hated the idea of Virgil being alone and having to talk about his father, having to remember all the cruel things that he did. Patton couldn't stand it. He nearly entered the room a few times, but his parents would tell him that Virgil was fine. It was hard for him to talk. The more people that there were that were there. Virgil knew this day would come sooner or later after he would be in the hospital. He need, he knew he'd have to say. He knew he'd have to look his father in the eyes and tell a room full of people about all he'd lived through. He also knew the outcome. Not guilty. Virgil, do you like it here? Are you happy? Mrs. Waters asked, throwing Virgil slightly. He just nods, which had become his main response to the questions he'd been asked. Good. And when you were living with your father, were you happy then? No, Virgil says, the first words he'd really spoken during the conversation. And you understand you can live in a home like this one forever if he's sent to jail, like he deserves. Virgil nods once more. He knew what his dad did was wrong. He knew everyone said it wasn't his fault. He knew that they were wrong. There was no rational explanation for his father's actions other than the fact that he did things wrong too. If his father went to jail, shouldn't he too? He hurt people. He lied. He even helped kill his mother. Accomplice to suicide. He looked it up. It's close to manslaughter, which is close to murder. He was a murderer. Virgil, do you believe that you've done nothing wrong? Mrs. Waters asked. She could sense something was off with Virgil. She'd worked with many kids like him before. He wasn't the f first that she'd worked with to feel like this, to feel that he... That if, and if he felt to blame, defense would rip him apart. Virgil didn't say anything. This was all the sign she needed. Have you spoken to Dr. Flo about your feelings of guilt? Virgil shook his head. Mrs. Water sighs. Virgil, people will have told you that none of this is your fault. You've probably heard it hundreds of times, but it's true. If you'd done something wrong, or if you're at fault, then you would be in trial with your father rather than against him. You need to understand, You, if you keep thinking this is your fault, he will keep winning. 
Mrs. Waters continues to prepare Virgil for the first trial tomorrow and warned him that it was going to be really hard. She told to them that if he wanted, he could be in a separate room while they video so he's not to have to see his father. No, I need to face him. If not, he'll keep winning. The door opens and Virgil sits, exits the sitting room. Mrs. Waters asks to speak to Mr. and Mrs. Darwin. They go in and Virgil sits in the kitchen with Patton. You okay, kiddo? He asks, giving him a hug. Virgil nods. I will be. This just isn't going to be a walk in the park. But hopefully I can finally do something good and get my dad behind bars. You're always doing something good, Virgil. You're my little dark shining star. Virgil couldn't help but smile and hug his brother back. He didn't feel so good in the last 16 years than he had in the last week. Will you guys be there tomorrow? He asked, suddenly afraid he would be alone. Of course. You're stuck with us now, Patton says. They spend the rest of the night just talking about anything but the trial. When they finally went to bed, Virgil found him found a suit and tie for tomorrow. It filled him with new anxiety. In about 15 hours, he'd faced the man who'd hurt him more times than he could bear to count. He put on some night clothes and bolted himself in his covers. He fell asleep some time. He fell asleep after some time, but thankful for the rest. At 8 o'clock in the morning, Mrs. Darwin finished making breakfast and went to wake her two boys. Patton woke up quickly and went for his breakfast. Mrs. Darwin knocked on Virgil's doors in case he was awake. He answers, telling her to come in. Morning, love. Virgil was sat at the end of his bed, already dressed, struggling to do his tie. Do you want me to help? She asks. Yes, please. Mrs. D takes the tie and begins to fix it. I'm surprised you're already dressed. Breakfast is ready once you're done. Thanks, but I don't think I can eat. I feel sick. Mrs. Darwin nods, finishing the tie. You will. What you're doing will take a lot of bravery. That's the thing. I'm not brave. Virgil, you are too brave. Come on, you need to eat something before you go. They both go downstairs and all eat breakfast together. Today was one of the hardest days yet. Okie dokie, so that was, um, I don't know what chapter, but it's called Night Before. Um, yeah, um, sorry my voice is really messed up. I, like I said, I'm not very well. I've had hay fever freaking kicking me down for like ages now, so my voice is really messed up. You know, survive a global pandemic and get messed up by leaf it by leaves. You know. <laughs> anyway, so um, there is a advertisement, and so we're just. Why did Wattpad stop doing advertisements? I'm just gonna stop this right here. Wait for the ad to be over. I'll see you in like well, it'll be not even a second for you guys. <laughs> anyway. Okie dokie kiddos, so this is the next chapter, A Court Date. <clears throat> Virgil's legs feel like they were going to fall off. The room 
span, and even though he was sat down, he wanted to be sick. He felt he couldn't breathe. Virgil? A surprised voice asked in front of him. He looked up, and there stood Logan Crofters. Logan, what are you doing here? My mother has a case today. Why are you here? Doesn't matter. I think I might puke. Virgil, did you do something? Do you need help? My mother is one of the best defense lawyers there is. And Virgil looks at him. Why would you care? You're Patton's brother? You look like you're about to keel over here. Logan sits next to him. He takes Virgil's hand and places it on his own chest. And places his own on Virgil's chest. Breathe with me, he says. Half commands. They sit and breathe for a few minutes. I guess I misjudged you, Virgil mutters. You just acted on what others had told you. It's understandable. No, it was wrong, and I'm sorry. Logan nods, expecting, accept, accepting his apology. So, want to tell me why you're in this state? Virgil considers it, weighing up pros and cons. Well, it's mainly about why I'm in foster care, Virgil explains, about his past and what he was about to do and what had happened to him. Logan listens. He was good at that. Taking in all the information presented to him, he nods. Well, good luck. You'll need it. You'll be okay. You've got people looking out for you. Like Patton. I guess so. A man in uniform calls out, comes out and calls for Virgil. Virgil Logan give, gave him one last reassuring nod before Virgil and the man disappear into the courtroom. Virgil felt all eyes on him as he entered the large space. He was the lead witness. He was led to the witness stand and was presented with a holy book. He repeated the pledge of truth and Mrs. Waters stepped in front of him. Virgil Grayson, can you all tell us your relationship to Mr. Jonathan Grayson? He's, he's my father? And could you point him out for us? Virgil points with a trembling hand to the large figure of his father. A week and three days ago, you were removed from your home and taken to emergency and taken to the emergency room. Why was that? Virgil's eyes hadn't left his father. He wore a look that dared him to answer honestly. A threat. Virgil, can you say? Virgil nodded, his eyes still locked on his dad's, whom bowed. Who now sat up a little as if wanting to enjoy a show. My father put my arm. And how did he do that? He held my arm down on top of a hot oven. You little shit! Mr. Grayson suddenly yells, standing up, pointing his finger at Virgil. He flinched back, and his heartbreak picks up. The judge slams his gavel, which also makes him jump and cover his ears. 
quiet in the courtroom, sit down or you'll be removed, and that will not help your case. Mr. Grossman sits down, seething. Virgil, are you okay to continue? The judge asks. He nods and the trial continues on. I'd like to turn the jury's attention to the screen. What I am showing you are images of Virgil Grayson's arm the same day he came to hospital. On him, an additional 24 bruises were found on different parts of his body. He had a sprained wrist, multiple cuts, all of which were inflicted on him by his father. For 16 years, this monster has been beating and hurting a child. His own child. Mrs. Walter gave a few moments still to sink in. Virgil, your mother died when you were young. In your words, describe her and how she died as you know it. Virgil thinks. My mother was an abusive addict. and An addict. She would spend all our money on drugs and sometimes we'd go without food because of it. When I was nine, she overdosed on heroin. Have you ever suspected what happened wasn't an accident? N no. And so if I were to tell you that your father is also under suspicion of killing his late wife, would this be the first time you'd heard about this? Yes. Virgil looks at his, at his father. A murderer. He wouldn't surprise him. That is all. Defence, any questions for Virgil Grayson? Yes, Your Honour. Virgil, how many years would you say the abuse has been going on for? My whole life? Which is, in years if you would. Sixteen years. And during that time you never tried to reach out for help? No. And why is that? Virgil stops. He had to tell the truth. I thought it was... I was at fault. I had little faith in the system. And why may that be? When I was six, my father broke my arm. He didn't take me to the emergency room, but the next day school did. After a quick trial, he was found not guilty, and they put me back with him. And why did you believe that this alleged abuse was your fault? Did you provoke my client? Hit him, perhaps? Threaten him? I was a child. That doesn't answer my question. I thought it was my fault, because why would he do that if I didn't deserve it? Why would anyone hurt someone for no reason? The man defending Virgil's father looked displeased with the answer, for he said he had no further questions for now. Logan left the building soon after he dropped his mother off some lunch and returned to his car. He thought over what Virgil had told him. It's quite a bit of information you've been told. Information that others shouldn't hear. And I know you want something. A boy the same age as him was leaning against a car which was parked next to his own. Who are you? The boy had a scar on his face, on the left side of his cheek. If we play our cards right, we can be friends. What do you say? With what you have, Patton will have no choice but to date you. The boy gave a smile, a twisted smile. I can tell you how to use your knowledge. And what do you get?
The boy smiles again. You come in? The boy gets in the driver's seat of the car he'd been leaning on. Logan thinks for a moment, then gets in the car. Where do we go? That has been the end of A Court Date. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to read another chapter because I, um, I'm very sorry for not, like, doing more of these. My apologies. And I know this is not the best readings currently. Um, I know, I believe the quality went down over time because I used to, like, stop and repeat and redo every time I messed up, but I do not have the mental capacity to do so. Um, I haven't actually updated the actual fic in ages, I just don't have the inspiration or the motivation, so my apologies for that too. <clears throat> this is the next chapter, out. Virgil walks out of the courthouse with the Darwins. It was late in the afternoon and no one had eaten, so Mr. Mrs. Darwin suggested a restaurant. They pull into the, into the parking lot and get a table inside. You did amazing today, honey, Miss Darwin tells Virgil. As they read through the menu. Hopefully I've done good enough to put him away. If he has another kid, I don't want another Alice, he mumbles. Alice? Pan asks. Virgil had never mentioned an Alice to them before. Virgil shakes his head. Not a conversation for today, he said wearily. Wearily. Hello, are you ready to order? A waiter asks as they approach the table. They each order their meals and thank the waiter. Do you want to go to school tomorrow, Virgil? You can stay home, Miss Darwin asks. Yeah, I need to go. It's only my second day. Has it got anything to do with Taylor? Pat and giggles, nudging Virgil a little. Virgil panics. He hadn't told Mr. and Mrs. Darwin he was into guys. In all honesty, he hadn't properly told his father that he was scared what they might say. He expected... He didn't ex expect to stay with the Darwins for more than a month, and so there was no real reason to come out. What is that beyond the LGBTQ plus community? Would they kick him out? Would they hate him for being different? Patton, don't embarrass him. I'm sure if he's made friends, or even more, that's his business and not yours, Mrs. Darwin chips in. But shouldn't we be informed on the boys in our boys' life? Mr. Darwin asks. Y you guys are okay with... With guys liking guys? Virgil asks. Mrs. Darwin looks at her husband. Are we okay with two people being in love? Of course. Pat is Pan. We took him to the... Him and a few friends to Pride last year. If you like guys, that's okay. I don't know your father's view on the community, but I guess they weren't good. Virgil shakes his head. He wasn't the kind of person to accept things. Well, we are. And so if there's anything you'd like to tell us- I'm bisexual, Virgil says, cutting off Mr. Darwin. It was the first time he said it out loud before, and it made him feel good. Not to use an overly used smile, but it was like a- Simile, but it was like a weight had been lifted. Sorry, it's the first time saying those words. Mrs. Darwin smiles at her strange dark son. 
Never be sorry for speaking. The meal arrives and they all enjoy lunch together. To everyone around them, they look like a normal happy family, but they were different. They had been stitched together by fate and the Darwins wouldn't have it any other way. What's more, every second Virgil spent with them, he felt more like a family, less like a guest. By the time the car pulls into the drive, it's all Virgil can do not to pass out. He'd been through a lot, and being around so many people all day had worn him out. He goes to a room, barely changes before he curls up in bed. He was asleep before anyone came to check on him. Patton left Virgil's room with a smile. He was fast asleep. Pat went to his own room and sat on his bed, hugging his stuffed toys and watched cat videos on MyTube TM. A text came through his phone. Hello, Patton. It's me, Logan. I was wondering if I could come over and speak to you. Sure, text me when you're here. Warning you, you're warning that you'll have to deal with me in pajamas. I'm tired. Dog face emoji. Logan read the response and smiled. Of course, only Patton would greet someone in his pajamas. How come? He texts back. Long day. I'll make some snacks. What do you like? Logan typed out a response but quickly deleted the three letter once he'd read what he put. You. Whatever you want. I'll see you properly. Okay. XX. Virgil st stared at the kisses on his screen. Is it, it's just a friend thing. Get over it. Logan hesitated as he passed his mirror in the hall. As he passed the mirror in his hall, he looked too form. He looked formal, too formal. Maybe this is why Patton didn't, hadn't taken much interest in him so far. He just wasn't his type. He turned around and went back to his room, taking off his tie and shirt, swapping them for a plain blue t-shirt and a Doctor Who hoodie, which had the TARDIS on it. As he left for the second time, he passed his stepmom. Where are you going? she asks. To talk to a friend. And why can't they come here? I want to meet your friend. Because I don't know if we are friends yet, if I'm honest. I wish to be, but I have been unkind to them. His stepmom smiles at him. Go fix your mess, and bring them home next time. Logan nods, but he knew he wouldn't bring Pat in here anytime soon. He didn't want pity of him. Logan leans down and hugs his stepmom in her wheelchair before heading out. He drove to Patton's house and parked the car. He knew what he had to say, what he had to do. It was hard, though. Logan took a deep breath and got out, locking, locking the car door and going to the front door. He knocks. It didn't take long for Patton to open the door with a bright enough smile to take over the setting sun. Hey, Logan, he says happily, showing him in. He's wearing a grey cat onesie. Hello, Patton. I made some snacks for my room if you want, or we could just hang out down here. Uh, your room might be the best. Patton nods, grabs the plate of food and leads Logan upstairs. He stops halfway up and Logan nearly walks into him. Patton pokes it puts a finger to his lips and points to the door opposite his own. He then places a free hand under his face and shows someone was sleeping. Logan nods, and they quietly went enter Patton's room. It was dimly lit, but felt warm, welcoming, 
with the fairy lights. In one corner, a pile of pillows and teddies. On his bed, more of these items and blankets. The whole room gave off a cute vibe, and thus of a teenage boy vibe. Then again, so did Patton. Patton put the plate down and went straight for his bed, flopping onto it, then sitting up, inviting Logan to sit next to him. Patton notices Logan looking over the room, suddenly feeling a little self-conscious. I know, it's childish. Romy keeps telling me to change it. I will. No, it's very nice. Very you. You like it? Patton asks, a new light in his eyes, adding to the natural sparkle. Logan nods and sits next to Patton. So, you wanted to talk? Patton nods, now feeling a horrible build-up in his chest. He looks away from Patton. I know about Virgil. About his past. Patton says nothing. So, that has been... Um, the next chapter, a third chapter for this episode, out. Um, <coughs> I hope you enjoyed. This episode has been a bit longer, and it, yeah, it's just been longer. And I know it's not been the best, because, you know, it never is, but I'm not about quality, I'm just here to read fanfiction on the internet. So, my kiddos, make sure you drank water, you have taken a rest. Um, know that I love you no matter what. If anyone needs anything, you can find me on Instagram um, under the username thetoast.cos. No spaces, no capitals. Um, and yeah, I am so glad that you've listened. Thank you so, so, so much. Have a lovely day. <laughs>